What's up, guys? We are back, your high street freaks. Shout out to anybody who survived the uh, great tornado uh, warning, at least, of of Wednesday, uh, February 28th. Um, I think any any Columbus resident was woken up to tornado sirens at like five in the morning. It was extremely cool. I feel like like 99 times out of 100 when you hear like tornado sirens, at least these days, it's like absolutely nothing. But like I was scrolling through Twitter and there's like a legit tornado that was like headed directly towards downtown Columbus. So I uh, guess it was a little more legit this time. What are, what are your thoughts generally on tornadoes, Ryan? Yeah, I'm pro tornado. Um, I think it's a really big booster to our local insurance economies, which obviously is, you know, Columbus, uh, former Columbus president, I know is so critical. Um, yeah, so like I Safe really Light too, say, Auto Glass, all those yeah, broken windshields and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say congratulations to Nationwide and Safe Light. Uh, I'm sure it was a big day for those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think that's really what I'm all about is is caring about shareholder value. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure Ohio State football could be what it is without tornadoes. So, um, big shout out to tornadoes. I will say, honestly, my, we we should play Iowa State and take their name. That's true. Yeah, play them for the name, just the right to call yourselves yeah. the the Cyclones. And just think it's an alternate name for us. We don't need it full time. Right. Yeah. Just it. just pull it out every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Um, I I realized this was a shared experience with my wife. Uh, growing up, um, and, and I thought I was just the only dumbass. So growing up, I heard that tornadoes create a sound like similar to a train and like, like that's what, that's what I've always heard. Like, like it's like a train and like growing up, like I think my mom told me that whatever. And I, an idiot am thinking it's like the fucking whistle. And so every time I was growing up and it would be like raining and I'd hear a train in the distance, I'd be like, Oh shit. Like you hear like the train. I'm like, oh, no, that was, that was a juggalo call, too. Anyway, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but <laughs> You're like I'd hear the Columbus man. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd hear I'd hear the train in the background and be like terrified. And like it took me a long ass time, probably like, I, I don't know, like I just didn't really think about it probably until like middle school when um, I realized I might have even been like watching a documentary or something when I realized that when they said it sounds like a train, they don't mean the whistle. They mean like it like rumbles like the train on like a freight train on like a track like the sound. And so like I'm a dumbass thinking that like anytime I heard a train whistle, that was like the tornado announcing itself to you. Like, here I am, like motherfucker, get out of the way. But no, it's it's just like the the rumbling sound. So um I wonder if that was a shared experience. My wife felt like heard the exact same thing and thought the exact same thing. So there's there's gotta be a uh at least a few other people that heard that same thing and was enough of a dumbass as me. But um, yeah, tornadoes generally, I think they're, they're pretty cool, pretty scary. Honestly, yeah. I was, I was also thinking about like how terrifying it would be to just be like an early settler in like the United States. Cause I don't really think they have a lot of them in Europe, but like, imagine like being an early settler in the United States and then just seeing that coming at you and being, what the fuck is that? You know? So, uh, yeah. wild yeah, stuff. I mean, that's, it is crazy. I don't I think we only had like one my entire life in Pittsburgh as a kid. Like the first yeah. tornado in I think a generation touched down maybe I don't know 20 30 minutes east of me. Wow. Um it was never really coming coming towards us. Like we're kind of in the foothills. Once you get up mm-hmm. the hills a little bit, they don't really hit you at all. Right. Is I mean maybe it's is that true? I don't know. It's true. Okay, yeah. it's true. It's true. If, if the gra- it's it, <laughs> I don't they, know anything about the weather. <laughs> they they form they form more where it's flat, and I don't know if that has anything to do with like the tornadoes not liking like the hilly terrain, but I think and maybe more just towards like the wind being able to whip naturally when it's just like flat or whatever. But yeah, Ohio, Ohio gets quite a few because of how flat it is and shit. But I think the the it's a trade off because like the ones in Ohio you never really see. And maybe it's just because it happens mostly at night or because like um, just like the terrain and stuff like that. But like you don't really like I you don't usually see the big like funnel clouds or anything in Ohio. I think it'd be wild to like encounter a tornado for the first time in like the West, like out in like, I don't know, like Iowa or something. And you just see like where you can see for miles and you just see this gigantic like cloud coming towards you like what the fuck like imagine being like on a wagon traveling out west and seeing a tornado for the first time like i'd be pretty sure that god hates me 
Yeah, man. I can't. I mean, just I know like Europe does have some natural disasters, but not really. Not, not the not same many. level. Yeah. No, like they don't get hurricanes or tornadoes. There aren't many earthquakes over there, right? Like right. you have volcanoes, the biggest thing they had to worry about. Um Yeah. I guess you don't even really get blizzards like in most of Central or Western Europe. No. Um just like Northern Europe is the only place that gets it. Um, yeah. And so then you come over to the United States and you're like, holy shit, this whole place is trying to yeah. kill us. That's why they were scared to compete. That's why it took them so long to, you know, really settle the ground. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, anyway, it, it, uh, it probably, <laughs> probably explains why, like, the people who lived here were so, like, like, their religions were so based on, like, I don't know, not natural disasters, but just, like, weird shit that happens. I would be, too. Like, I'd, I'd think yeah, that God hates me, too, if the ground was always shaken. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think that was, like, a... If I, as I recall, a big part of like the settlement of Iceland was like, this is just random tangent. We're way far off here, but like, uh, a lot of people like in the Nordic animist faiths and, and pagan faiths like thought Iceland was like the land of the gods when they first got there because of like how extreme the weather and climate was. It was like part of their myths, and they were like, oh, hmm. this is this is where the gods live, which is kind of huh. cool. I mean, yeah. Iceland is fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. to be fair, like it is the most extreme place I've ever been to. Um. Anyway, we, this is not we know, our weather podcast. Right. This is our Ohio State podcast. We do know where the gods <laughs> actually live is Columbus, Ohio, within the, the Woody Hayes Athletic Complex. So um, we're going to talk spring ball. I, I'm writing a little bit about uh, uh, spring football for today, hopefully. Um, going to have a couple articles up this week about just generally our biggest questions. We're going we're gonna to kind of tackle that in the podcast this week, too. Um but I, I think it's really cool. I've kind of realized that everyone talks about like the off season in football and like, don't get me wrong. There is an off season and it sucks. But like, if you're enough of a freak about college football, there really isn't an off season because there's always some shit to talk about. Like we yeah. just had right after the season, we had the like completely revamp your roster and coaching staff portion of the season. And then we quickly moved into winter workouts and interviews with new coaches and players season. And now we're moving into like the long awaited spring practice season where there's a little bit more on field stuff to talk about. And then pretty much right after that, you get into like the peak of like recruiting season and camp season and stuff like that. And then you're yeah. in, you're in a um, actual preseason camp season and then you're in the season. So there's really like not like a ton of downtime when it comes to like things that actually matter in the program. It's just you're not always playing games. So. Yeah, and, and I think that is probably why I think, to me, college football is the easiest sport to obsess over. Like, I know there are equivalents of this in every sport, right? Like, the NFL has, you know, yeah. uh, free agency. The NFL keeps going, yeah. Season into the drafts, yeah. And the NBA has had, like, a real boost with, like, free agency news. But I think that's almost the, overtaken the actual season. That's yeah. 100% true. I was going to say, like, NBA offseason is legitimately significantly better than the actual season. Like, straight up. I I yeah. I will care about the NBA offseason, be like, oh, that's a crazy acquisition or whatever, and then w- not watch a game until like May. Yeah, and it's like I, I mean I don't know, like I think about it for like Cavs fans who are probably gonna hear this and get pissed at me, but like if they crush the offseason, like you just know like their best player isn't a top ten player in the league, so the upside for that team is like if everything goes perfectly, they lose like four one in the finals. You know, I mean, that's like their high, that's their best case scenario is get a gentleman sweep in, in the NBA finals. They make it out of the East, which like, yep, also won't happen. So, I mean, like, it, it really is huge just to see which stars go where, but then half those teams suck anyway. I don't know. It's a very, um, yeah, I do like, I'm not like one of those, oh, I fucking hate the NBA because they don't play defense, like, you know, borderline racist people. Uh, I just find it like, I am not borderline racist. <laughs> I am not borderline racist. Um, I just find that the NBA actual regular season is deeply boring most of the time. Um, playoff yeah, it is what it is. It's fun for me. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Basketball. Season's too long. Right. I don't like basketball enough or hockey or anything else except football to watch I the think, whole fucking season. I think there's also a thing that, like, I don't know, like, when, when you have that many games and, frankly, that many possessions and stuff, too, you have the same thing with the yeah. N- NBA. The average game means nothing, and the average possession means nothing. And so it's like, right. if there's, if there's no real consequence to like, like, obviously they all compound and stuff like that, but like, 
it, it's tough to like get super interested and super invested on like individual plays and individual games when there are just so many of them, like so many, it's the same thing as baseball, like on, in, in a lot of ways, like yeah. there's a hundred and what, you and, know, 162 games, right. but and it I, just and is I what it is. Like at least base baseball's credit. There is some more like teams just get hot in baseball. Right. Yeah. And like they can make a, and run, it's really fun. Like, and yeah, I don't know. Like someone like, I'm trying to think this year, like someone like new Orleans, right? Like they don't really have a superstar on the roster. Like sure. Zion's a good player, you know, yeah, come gonna, on. Th- there's good players in that team, but like, they're going to make eh, probably a four or five seed this year, which is awesome for them. Right. They're having a really yep. good season. Does anyone think they have a better chance to win a championship than like even an aging set of stars, the Lakers or Warriors come out of the West, they get hot at the right time. Yeah. Like no. if they play the perfect seed, like they're just not going to win a title. So it's like, okay, great. They're like, you know, five games above the pack or whatever, you know, uh, in like the play-in series, who cares? They're not going to win. I don't right. know. Like, it's just basketball is such a known conclusion. It's not ba- as bad right now as it was like during right. the peak of like the LeBron warriors, which ironically was, like, was also the most fun because you were just waiting for that. Like the, the finals of the those years was, was so fun, fucking fun. Yeah. 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 But now it's like, it's only a handful of teams that can actually win tight on a given year. And you, even if other teams are playing really well, they might upset somebody in a good playoff series. Yeah, but I think. Cares? Like, I think my other thing, and, and you might you might feel this too, um, is I never had a team NBA team growing up, Same. especially yeah. like you're you're from Pittsburgh and I was from like the Cincinnati area, and so like the closest NBA team to me was actually like the Pacers, and the Cavs were so fucking far away, and I like I I just had no connection to either of those teams, and so um, I, I really liked for whatever reason Carmelo Anthony growing up, and so like I like casually rooted for the Denver Nuggets, but like, what am I going to do? Go to Denver Nuggets games as a kid in Dayton, Ohio. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 so like I, I followed the NBA. Like I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching like the stars and stuff like that. Like I have really fond memories of like, you know, watching like Shaquille O'Neal and like early LeBron, Allen Iverson, like those sort of guys, you know, but not, I don't know. I never had the loyalty to a team. And so I just don't right. really give a shit about the NBA. Yeah. And even like, I'm, a relatively big hockey fan, like in the sense that I grew up with like one of the best eras, the Penguins of all time. And I watched that, but yeah. their season's the same for me. It's like hockey feels like the most random sport in terms of the postseason. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. You have no idea. Like, yeah. Sometimes a team just gels the right way as like a seven seed. And there's like not a single star player, but their goalie's hot and the defense is playing really disciplined. Or you've got, or you've got, yeah. wasn't it, wasn't it Tampa Bay a few years ago that had like the most ridiculous, like, uh, regular season yeah and like constellation of stars and they just yeah and they just like, shit shit the bed in like the first round or something yeah, yeah. It's ha- it happens all the time like it's yeah the, it's like hilarious the penguins have the penguins have one of like the four best players ever on their roster right now and have had he's been playing at an mvp level for 15 years yeah and there have been years where they leave in the first round because they're not playing good at the back end like it just yeah. happens I, I don't know it's just that it's too hard to get worked up <laughs> like i don't know it's funny because the NBA and the NHL have almost the exact same format for the regular season and playoffs. But like, it feels like the NBA almost always very rarely have I felt the best team in the league didn't win the championship in the NBA. Um, yeah. Or at least, or at least get far always, enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. Their format almost always produces that. Whereas like the NHL, it never feels that way. Baseball doesn't feel that way all that often either. Like baseball is just about hot bats in October. Yeah. Um, and, deep pitching stuff pitching I mean, like, yeah i think yeah. i think it, it a lot of it man we're getting off topic here but at least we're talking about sports yeah. now um yeah whatever i think i think the thing with hockey it's our podcast we talk about yeah right we, we should yeah. Yeah, come on you don't like it here we don't like you here get out um i i think i think the thing with hockey especially and it's almost the same as soccer is that when the scoring is so low like hockey is obviously higher scoring than soccer but like when yeah. one goal can change a game so dramatically weird shit happens more often whereas like yeah. basketball when like again where it's just like the average possession the average point the average bucket means next to nothing you compound that over like a lot of possessions like the best team usually wins 
Um, yeah. at least in, especially hockey, in a seven game series or whatever. Ice bouncing around. Yeah. It gets yeah. yeah. It, 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 you're, you're playing on ice with skates and sticks. And sometimes the puck just like finds the back of the net and it like ruins somebody's yeah. day. You know, like it I happens. Mean, I mean, I, and, like I look at, I love to hate on him, but like Connor McDavid has objectively been the best player in the, in the NHL for, I don't know, at least. Yeah. And he hasn't won shit. And has like what two other number one overall picks in the roster and like a really deep team that was bad yeah. for years and had a ton of talent and they can't win anything. They kick it out of the second round. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, yeah, which is really funny for me as a hater. It's great yeah. because you know just I, I like to be able to pick up Sidney Crosby's resume against any other contemporary. Um, yeah, but it's it's a very bizarre sport. I don't know. Football definitely does have its series of like I was the beneficiary of a team just getting hot in football at the right time with the Steelers. Yeah, it was awesome. We won. Uh, yeah, when we won a championship as a six seed, that was crazy. But like, I'll be that happens very rarely. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see, um, with the changes to like a twelve team playoff, and hypothetically, like it seems like at least this past season, there's yeah, yeah, yeah they, <laughs> fuck me. Um, at, at least at least this past season, there is a lot more parity across the board. It seemed like in college football, yeah. like it seems like that could be possible more. I guess, which I maybe that's yeah. good for the sport. I think that that'll be fun. Like, um, I don't know. Or at Get, least we might end up going back to that era we had for like five years, where any given Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State team could peak in the right season. Yeah, like you might get back to that um, with other teams rotating, which is better than just like, hey, it's Georgia versus Alabama every year. Uh, although yeah. I'm sure it's little, it's little comfort for the teams who were ranked, you know, like ten through twenty five. Right. I know that, oh, it's going to be one of four teams that are one of two <laughs> instead teams, of but, Yeah, instead of one of two. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think that what you're saying is true, that like the expanded playoff, the formalization of NIL across the board, like and even like the concentration of talent in two conferences, it's bad for a lot of the sport. But if you're a top 30 program, you should expect to like make the playoff more often. I know the math doesn't mm-hmm. work out of this, but like, the fan base's expectations will be to make the playoff more often than they don't. Yeah. Uh, and to, you know, who knows, right? If you get good quarterback play, your defense gets good at the right time. You have enough seniors one year. You, like there's a lot of them. teams that can make a run. Yeah. Especially the well, neutral site games and depth and all, like all those questions, the right injury, you know, can, can change something. It, um, it sucks. I don't it know. sucks. I'm curious to watch it play. It yeah. sucks the way that it's trending. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's changing college football entirely especially if they do the bullshit where like they take out a lot of automatic bids and essentially make it two conferences which is for sure what's going to happen like i I can already see it happening um with the big time in the sec like that that undeniably sucks like i i don't love it for the sport but for the casual fan season will be good yeah for, for the casual fan it's going to be awesome because it's going to be like the nfl but like college football where Anybody who makes it into the postseason, like making the playoffs is going to be a big deal. And then the postseason is going to be awesome because every team's going to think that they have a chance. And like there's no team in the NFL that gets into the playoffs, except maybe like the Steelers this year that was like legitimately saying, like, I think this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Like or, or, or like like nobody gets into the playoffs and thinks like my team couldn't win the Super Bowl. Like we can't string right. together three, four games and win the Super Bowl. Like that's just not it's not how you operate in the, in the NFL playoffs. Like when it's just, I don't know. I, I and I, I think you could, you could easily see that happening in college football um, with, as you're saying, like the top 30 programs in the, in the country, um, you know, having a legitimate chance. So. Yeah, it should be fun. And I mean, just like on the simple mathematics of it too, I don't know. I've, I've gone back and forth in this idea because there's some people arguing, which is probably valid that the increase in talent concentration will lead to the teams the most depth, which are basically just the same teams that have been winning titles in the 14 playoff are always going to win. But I also have the opinion that the transfer portal and again, increased NIL is going to lead to an erosion of that talent acquisition. Like, I think that was basically a brief yep. spike that is going to not come back to normal to what it was 15 years ago, but decline a bit again and have like more talent spread out to the top 15 programs. Um, I also think that Simply put, if you're playing more games against good teams, it's going to be harder. Like last year's Georgia team was number one bell to bell until they played Bama, right? And then they right. they lost the Bama and SC championship. Um, and they had played what like two top fifteen teams the entire way before playing Bama. Like, 
in the playoff with extra time to prepare, those upsets don't happen as often. But now if you're playing a playoff game every week or 10 days, you don't have that month to prepare and get healthy and get all your depth ready to go. It is a little more like actual football. You still have a long layover, which I don't like, but um, you know, it's a little more like an actual football season. You're having more teams play good games. Um, I would prefer if these were road games more often than they are neutral site games. We all know that, but Still, I think this format's going to be very healthy for producing good games, bigger upsets than you think. Like, the gap between the number five team and the number 12 team is not very big most years. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's going to be really good for the season, so I'm and, excited about that. And I think I think the biggest issue for me, the only problem I have when you start to look at the, the format of the playoff is um, the number of potential, not, not even just rematches, but like three matches where you end up with yeah. three three matchups of a team that played in the regular season in the conference title game and in the in the playoff. And I think very quickly you can solve that problem by just getting rid of the conference title games, because if you sure. do that, then like the playoff can effectively serve as a conference title game. You could even do it regionally. Like I wouldn't give a shit if you like put, you know, teams together regionally and like or conferencely or whatever. Like if you yeah. put 14 I mean, South would never agree to that, but I agree. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They, they, they wouldn't, but like I, I wouldn't, I would care a lot less about rematches if like, cause I, I think it's a legit concern. If like you're, you're talking about like Ohio state and Michigan playing, this is a, a, obviously an extreme hypothetical, but like if, if both of those teams are like number one through three at the end of the season, like, you know, damn well that no matter what happens in the final game of the regular season and the, a potential uh, championship game, conference championship game, both of those teams are getting in the playoff and there's a solid chance that both of them would meet in the playoff too. So like, yeah, I just like, I, I would be fine with it if it was a repeat sort of situation, but I just don't, I don't love the idea of a repeat. And so I think getting rid of the conference title games is probably your best bet there. I'm not sure how realistic that's going to be, but um, I, I just think they're completely unnecessary. Maybe it's going to take yeah, a couple times yeah. for it to be for the game to be completely unnecessary for. I guess the question is just like, have we ever seen college football decrease no. their inventory? No, right? I agree with you 100 percent. Maybe they will. Like maybe like maybe that's what the Big Ten and SEC are pushing for is like, hey, if we get. um, How should I frame it? If it's going to be this expansion of content to 14 playoff games instead of 12 with having. Uh, um, having the the fourteen team playoff, right? The two buys. I, I think you might just see like those those top two buys going to be for the Big Ten and SEC champion. Maybe they want that team to play another, you know, one game less, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I really go back and forth on this. Um, I agree. The ideal scenario would be getting rid of the conference championship game, just playing the playoff to avoid all of these extra rematches. But but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen. No, not at all. Um. We'll see. I'm curious. I mean, schedule standardization and like, you know, just having a defined format for this playoff that we stick with for a while where we know how teams get in the playoff and kind of what the rules are once they do that. That God. would be great. I, I would love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, but, that's the whole thing for me that again, is also not going to happen is like, I would love there to just be like an objective standard for at least some of the teams to get into the playoff. And I know they're kind of doing that with automatic bids for now um, with, you know, the top four teams, the top four conference champions uh, five, get an auto yeah. or top five conference champions, get an automatic bid. Like, I think that's great. Which is because, nice. Yeah. yeah it still I, relies I, on I, playoff I, rankings for G5 teams, but it's better. Yeah, It does. Yeah. Well, at least one G5 team is going to get in though. Like it, 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 it makes it for, yeah. for sure that one's going to get in and like, um, that, that is great. Um, cause I, I think like truly maybe, maybe Patrick would disagree here, but like true, how many years are there that like more than one G five team deserves to be in the playoff? Like there's not many. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, I like, I, I, I get, I get, I also agree that like games, especially matter. as the best of the G five gets picked off for bigger leagues too. Right. Yeah, like I, I think Cincinnati and UCF exactly. and all those schools are gone. I think I think back in the day, like like when you had like the Boise States and stuff like that, that like TCUs, I don't, I don't, the TCU's yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, like it it did happen more. Um, but I think as you're saying, like what usually happens is like eventually 
those teams just get big enough and good enough consistently that they just get brought to a bigger league. Yeah. But right. like, I, I, I agree that like games matter and like, there is always a chance that one of those teams could pull off an upset or whatever. But like, realistically, there are not that many times that a, that there are multiple power five or multiple G five teams that deserve a, like legitimately deserve a spot in the playoff. And if they do, and if they are, there's a decent chance that they would be ranked among like the top 10 to top 12 anyway, because I, I maybe, but you just know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I they just keep them out for true, the sake of doing yeah, they just it. Keep yeah. Them out. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like maybe you get like a disaster year in the big 12 or something like that, or the ACC where the champion just shits their bed. And, and it's like, you get a nine and three team wins that league. Yeah. Like what Pitt, that happened with Pitt a couple of, they were 10 and two, but you have with Pitt a little yeah. while back um or like a lower level big 12 team and maybe you have like liberty and the sunbelt champion go undefeated in the same yeah. year and both of those teams get in i think it's possible i think like simply put any team that goes undefeated and wins its conference in college football should have a chance to play for a title yeah i know that not all schedules are created equal but i don't really care um yeah. i don't need to see you know a nine and three Michigan state team. You lost three games. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. Right. Over. Even if that two lane team or whatever it is, ends up getting trucked by big 12 champion, Kansas state. I don't care. They deserve to be there. Like right. they won their games. Right. I guess it's just my biggest complaint. It's, it's better than it was, but it's not as good as it could be. And it's probably going to get worse in two years. Whenever they expand to 14 teams and yeah. guarantee the big 10 and sec four teams each with their champions getting the buys. Um, that would, that will suck, but who knows? It'll still be good football. Anyway, you and I got way off topic. Um, Kevin, yeah, believe it or not, football podcast, yeah. believe, believe it or not, <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Our first topic of today is actually basketball. After all of this, all of the shit wow. that we talked about, we got to tornadoes. We got to hockey. We got to spring football. We got to it, our first topic of the day is basketball. Um, yeah. So well, let's tell yeah. them about that. Before we do that, let's tell them about our website, which yeah. is midfield.com, where you and I uh, host this podcast. And we also have premium episodes of this podcast and Flipping the Field, my national college football podcast, Patrick Mayhorn. Uh, you and I and Patrick all write articles on there. Uh, we have a message board. Uh, the premium message board is fantastic. It's uh, active all offseason long. It is the premier message board for offseason freaks, I think. Yeah, it's awesome. Like to cultivate. Um, yeah, you guys can subscribe to Meet at Midfield and get signed up to join us uh, and listen to the premium, half, the premium half of this podcast we'll get into later, uh, as well as all of our content. So uh, you guys should come down and boogie. And uh, Kevin, we also have a sponsor. Do you want to tell the folks about our sponsor before you and I get into the meat of this? Yeah, our, our beautiful sponsor is Homefield Apparel. It is the oh, yeah. best vintage-inspired collegiate apparel you can find on the internet um, not, we're not going to talk about the other vintage inspired collegiate apparel brand that, no, fuck um, the other ones. yeah, yeah. fuck the other ones, fuck the other ones. Um, but home field apparel legitimately is, uh, one of our favorite brands. Um, we, we wear their stuff all the time. It is soft. It is cool. Um, it is, you know, exactly what you want to put on your body, uh, for a, a game day, um, you know, any, any of those like fall Saturdays where you just want like a, you know, cozy, warm sweatshirt or a hoodie to put on, they got you covered there. Those spring days when you're uh, trying to feel the sun, you can just put on a nice little t-shirt and they all look good too. You know, I, I yeah. legitimately love all of their, like the designs, the vintage inspired designs that they have uh, for, for Ohio state. Um, and pretty much, I mean, any school you can think of, if you are just an Ohio State fan, but an alum of a different school, uh, maybe you went somewhere else for grad school, maybe you uh, just think it's really cool to root for the Chanticleers in Coastal Carolina, you know. Which it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of got the shaft this year with uh, Tim Beck this year. As yeah, you're calling the offense. Yeah. yeah, we're so. still rooting for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but all that to say, if you if you want a shirt or uh, apparel from pretty much any any college football team you can think of, they probably got you covered. They're even dipping into the uh, the NFL realm, I think these days. Um, yeah, the getting, Colts. They got into the NASCAR realm. They have like yeah, Gordon stuff. I think those are yeah, those are damn cool. Those are damn cool. Yeah. If you are a teen listening to this, or maybe just a, I mean, damn, the Gen Zs are getting into their twenties these days. Um, actually, I guess I say that I'm 
borderline Gen Z, you probably are too. Anyway, um, the, the the teens, the the youths love their NASCAR shirts these days. Uh, and head over to Homefield Apparel for them. I, I know my my wife's brother has a few uh, sweet NASCAR shirts, and he's not remotely into NASCAR. Just uh, it is it is what you wear. Um, I'm sure you see a, a good bit of those walking around uh, New York. Is the, uh, oh, yeah. the people who are the, the huge NASCAR connoisseurs in um, downtown Manhattan? But all that to say, whatever you want, Homefield's got it, and they're a great sponsor. If you have not purchased from Homefield Apparel, you can use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off of your first order. I'm sorry, it doesn't work for your fifteenth, sixteenth, or seventeenth. Just your first order. Um, but if you have if you have purchased from Homefield Apparel already, you can always just leave a note in the comments and say that we sent you. Uh, they like us. We like them. It'll just convince them to like us a little bit more. So, um, yeah. With them to like, like us. Yeah, like, like. Yeah. Yeah, like they already like us, but it's just like like the note, like, do you like me? I like you sort of thing on the playground. Just we want them to check that little box. But yeah, um, try to lock them down. Yeah. <laughs> but what what comes it's it's decidedly spring. And what comes with spring is usually March Madness. Um, things aren't looking too bright with Ohio State making making the big dance this year, thanks to the terrorism from Chris Holtman uh, this year and last year, too. Um, shockingly, I, I, I don't think it's actually completely out of the question that Ohio State would make the, the Big Ten t- or the, uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, there's, a, there's a very outside chance. I think they'd need to win all of the rest of their regular season games. But like after... Their past two wins, beating Michigan State on the road and beating Penn State at, or uh, Purdue at home, um, they shockingly now have more quadrant two wins since Jake Diebler took over than they had the entire season under Chris Holtman or quadrant one wins. Um, so all that to say, there's a non-zero chance that they could make the NCAA tournament. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, just kind of tells you how much uh, the the firing, the midseason firing was needed. Um, but Ohio State is going to hire a full-time head coach, and um, 11 Warriors, our friends over there, kind of dropped a report this morning um, highlighting some of the names that seem to be on the radar. Um, And my old colleague and co-worker, Garrick Hodge, uh, seems to be reporting that Sean Miller is currently the leading candidate for the job. Um, which is completely unsurprising. What what do you make of the current coaching search? We can read through the list of their the candidates that uh, Andy Anders of Eleven Warriors kind of put together, um, but it it seems that Sean Miller is leading the list. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess here's the thing: Are we sure <laughs> that Sean Miller is that good of a coach? Um, I, I know he got. I know he's a solid basketball coach, right? He got fired over the recruiting stuff at Arizona. He also kind of limped to the finish. Uh, I think his last three years at at Arizona, he went a combined like uh, 55 and 36 or something like that with no tournament appearances, um, which is not great. He's also made, uh, what is it? I, I think like eight or nine Sweet 16s as a coach in his career. I'm going to double check that. Um uh, uh, he's made seven sweet 16s uh, as a coach in, in his tenure, which is very good. He's also never made a final four despite being in Arizona for more than a decade. Yeah, that is, uh, that is know, odd. He had, he's had seven years at Xavier over two different splints, two different stints rather. Xavier's not that good this year. I mean, look, I know Sean Miller is a big name in the coaching community and he's solid, but I'd like to see someone who's gone deep in the tournament, I guess. I don't know. I'd be fine with Sean Miller. It seems like he would establish some deep tournament runs, which ultimately is what Ohio State is lacking. Yeah. Right? If I don't expect them to win championships, which I don't in basketball, making deep tournament runs and winning the conference is, is pretty damn good. Yeah. I guess I guess here's my thing with basketball. I I was I might still write this. Um I'm kind of I'm gonna get caught up in spring football this week. But um I was gonna write about kind of my expectations personally for an Ohio State basketball team. And the truth is like it's not the expectations are not that high. I just want the team to be fun because I, I think the biggest thing that I was realizing that like more than just being deprived of like a team that competes and like wins shit, the teams have not been fun 
the past several years. Like you can think about all of the like the, the fun Ohio State basketball memories, and some of them are attached to pretty bad teams. Like that Evan Turner buzzer beater against Michigan in the the Big Ten tournament. Like that was not a really good team. Um, there there are just there are several like really fun moments that have happened at Ohio State. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it was the, the buzzer beater to beat Illinois back in like 2003. Maybe that sounds right. Um, yeah, it was a thing there, 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 yeah. there is, there are just like, there are a lot of things that about Ohio state basketball that like, even if the program wasn't its best, it was fun. Ohio state obviously didn't win a national title under Thad Mata. They made two final fours. Like that's great. But like, you just had fun watching the games. You believed that Ohio State could be competitive, even though you didn't actually expect them to win a national title. Like, I just, I want, I want fun. I want like fun memories, um, fun games, you know, memorable tournament runs and stuff like that, even if they ultimately end in a loss. Like, we just never had that. And I think Sean Miller is a guy who can at least give me that, you know, like, getting out of I, the most memorable thing that Ohio state did in the, the NCAA tournament under Chris Holtman was lose to oral Roberts. Like that's, that's probably like legitimately the most memorable game maybe like hang with Villanova in a game. And so like, I, I think that, um, that is like the, the reality of the situation is, um, I don't know. That just kind of is what what basketball, what Ohio State basketball is. Yeah, I mean, agree with all that 100. percent I think that if they're making, like you said, kind of fun tournament runs, um, like, look, I, I think I, I wrote about this a while back, but like, the standard at Ohio State for about 35, 40 years was that if you didn't win the conference or make a Sweet 16 once every four years minimum, you weren't going to keep going with the job. If you're, yeah. like you said, if you're having a fun team that is competitive and has some memorable moments and just doing that, sure, that's fine. Like, I think Ohio State can be better than that and should be better than that. But, like, as the bare minimum, that's not that bad, right? If you're having a relevant team that is one of the 16 best in the country every single, every four year cycle, that's great, right? That's fine. Like, we mostly care about football as a fan base. We all know this. We get other championships from, you know, uh, synchronized swimming and tennis and, and yeah. uh, women's hockey, women's basketball. Like, there's other ways we win things. Um, as long as the basketball team is fun and competitive, that's great. I want to see fans at the stands again, which I don't think can happen at the shot. I think it has to move to St. John's, which they're not going to do, but no. they should. No. Um, you what's, also what's... have national media calling for this, by the way. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Yeah, people I, do the same thing for Penn State. Penn State like doesn't fill up the Bryce Jordan. They have I forget the name of that. It's called the Arc or something. They have a they have a, a smaller arena too that like they used for the Illinois game that was like packed in a great environment because yeah. these are football first fan bases in football first states that should have a compelling arena, but like it's full, but they cannot do that at the main arenas they have, which they are mostly used for concerts. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think I think the issue with I think most people expected St. John Arena to be torn down like a decade ago. Um, it's yeah. still hanging in there. The the reason they why use it for other sports, right? they, they do use it for other sports. The other reason why it's still hanging in there and why it could be gone in the future, um, in the near future, if they really wanted to get rid of it, it actually housed the water pumps for the um, ice rink. Right next door, which is where the women's hockey team used to play their home games. Now the women's hockey team has its own like kind of hockey arena where they play. Um, But it used to house the water. It housed the water pumps for the women's hockey arena and water pumps for other things. Um, I believe like French Fieldhouse generally, it housed the water pumps for that. Um, So they never tore it down. And since then, they have used it as like executive, not executive offices, but offices there's a lot of office space in St. John Arena that like um athletic, you know, people use. The problem that I have heard with St. John is that it is currently like grandfathered in in terms of a lot of building like codes and requirements and stuff like that. Mm. In terms of meaning if they held an event there now, 
they can hold the event in its current state, you know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. But if they make, if they start making improvements to it and like renovations to it, there is a laundry list of shit that they would have to bring up to code after they started doing renovations to it. And so it wouldn't be just like a quick little fix to get it up and running. It would be like a fucking gigantic investment. So um, if they did decide to move back to St. John, it would be like a a very big decision. It wouldn't just be a like, oh, look, we have a basketball arena here that we can just use. But all yeah. that to say, I think that I, they I should move back to St. John. I guess my question was like, what is the money for? If we're getting yeah. an extra like $40 million right. a year that we weren't getting, you know, two years ago. What's it all for? And it's only going up. Just the athletic department? Yeah, it's only going up. What's the purpose of that money if not to do, like, it can't all go to football. As much as right. I want football to be a juggernaut, and I think it will be, this bubble right now where you cannot directly pay players yet, but you have more money than this is the time contracts. This is the time to and, spend on projects. Like and I, I, will, I will say this. There is pretty much no other sport on campus right now that needs anything else like yeah i i I have been i i care about all of the other sports way more than the average person does they have done so much in terms of investing in all of the other sports coaches they have and and all of all of the facilities are done you know volleyball has its own facility wrestling has its own facility women's hockey has its own facility like hockey generally has its own facility um like everything has its own facility the only thing that maybe could use any like some sort of improvement woody is be oh. the woody because the lacrosse the lacrosse team actually plays its games in the woody right now really? like it's during during the like when it's too cold to play outside they play in the woody oh, I didn't know that. um and baseball practices in the woody when it's too cold to play outside so those are like kind of the two sports that it's like yeah and it looks a little bit old okay. it does like, like the offices are very nice the like the um uh, the foyer is very, very nice. Like that stuff's very cool. But like the actual practice fields, they could use it's, a facelift. Yeah, yeah, why not? Like, yeah, and not in the sense that everyone was doing again during the peak of like the facilities arms race, yeah. where you were getting like waterfalls at Clemson and like you know barbershops yeah, in Alabama. Just like we functional. don't need all of that bullshit. But just like yeah, functional, state of the art upgrades. Uh, the weight room is fantastic. I mean, despite yeah. the fact we don't have a coach who knows how to use it. Like it is a really good weight room. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of things there that are very nice, but there are other parts that could definitely stand to use an upgrade. Um, just the facelift, like you know, visually make it look cooler. Um, I think that stuff, I guess, matters somewhat. Uh, you don't hear many recruits deciding based on facilities, but like their perception of a school when they visit, it's influenced by that somewhat. So yeah, I think it's 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 upgrade. definitely I think I think facilities are a thing that can lose you a recruit. It's not a thing that generally wins you a recruit yeah. because everything like everybody likes to talk about like how insane Oregon's facilities are, and it's like I've seen enough pictures to know it's not like functionally different from Ohio State's. It just like right. kind of looks or like cool. Northwestern's building some massive complex. Like yeah. it's gonna be huge for like they're gonna think it's gonna get them recruits. No, and it's not. It might help. It might help you beat Illinois or Indiana for right. a recruit, yeah. but only if you have just as good of relationships and yada yada all those other things that we all know are more important. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, anyway, back to basketball. <laughs> besides uh, besides Sean Miller, a couple of names, Andy Anders, who wrote the article, had a couple of our names in the list. Uh, Dusty May is someone we heard reported by the Columbus Dispatch, had preliminary conversations. Meh. He's the head coach of FAU. I think he's very good. I think I think four last year, they're 21 and seven. Yeah. I I think my thing is that the way I I just, I don't believe that it's going to be him. I like the way that Ohio, you don't fire a coach, a 13 million, like a a coach with a $13 million buyout in the middle of the season and replace him with kind of just like a a mid-major, like coach on the rise. Like I, I I don't believe that Ohio state's going to do anything else besides hire somebody that has like a proven like track record. And, that's why I'm just like I, I'm wholly unconvinced. If if you're giving me, if you're asking me to pick who's most likely between Sean Miller and Dusty May, like it's Sean Miller. Like I I I, not even in terms of like who I want. I get it. Yeah. I I just like like Sean Miller's a guy who like he has he has proven that even if he hasn't gotten to like the highest level, he has proven that he can get Ohio State to a different stage than they are right now. For sure. And he'll recruit his ass off. And that, that's definitely fair. 
I also just, think the other fact of it is like if Indiana hears that Ohio State yep. is going to hire Dusty May, yep, they would probably preemptively fire Mike Woodson. Like I don't think they're committed enough to Mike Woodson to risk no. losing out on the most obvious upgrade. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure Ohio State could get Dusty May ultimately, and I think there would always yeah. always be the like, like you think maybe would he leave Ohio State to go to Indiana sort of thing? Like there's there's at least a risk of that. I think. Well, look, um, if that happens, that means that they've won a ton of games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the other names that were thrown out that I think are not worth paying attention to. Good God. Are uh, Chris Gent, uh, Scooney Penn, uh, Jake Diebler, Jay Wright, and Greg McDermott. Uh, Jay Wright already declined interest in the job. Diebler is doing really well, but come on. No. Um, Scooney Penn does not have any kind of resume. Chris Gent here? does have a resume, but but he's had a one head coaching job for one season. I don't need an assistant NBA coach to to be the guy. I I, I, got to address this here. Adam Jardy has been doing this thing with all of these guys who reach out and express interest in the job. Like Chris Gent and Scooney Penn. He like wrote articles that were like, you know, they're, they're interested in, in, you know, having the Ohio state coaching job. Like it's a, they're, they're alums, like whatever brother like i'm an alum who would be interested in coaching the job too we have the same chance of landing this job there is not a shot in hell that ohio state is again going to fire chris holtman in the middle of the season pay a 13 million dollar buyout and then end up with chris gent scooney pen or jake diebler that's it's not gonna happen it's just not gonna happen scooney pen like has no coaching experience in, in terms of being a head coach you know, obviously Chris Gent does to an extent, but like, it's not like there's just no shot that Ohio State ends up with any of these guys. No shot in hell. They have a better chance of being an assistant on the staff at Ohio State than being the head coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no need to bring in a guy who doesn't have head coaching experience. There are enough names out there that are good. Yeah, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. The one other name that's popped up that seems unlikely, but I would, you know, I'd be down with. Uh, is Lamont Paris at yeah. South Carolina. Um, we talked about him on the previous show about this. It seems like they're going to give him a, uh, a contract extension. And he also, I mean, like he has one year of, of like basically a good team, uh, with this is this season. They're ranked in the teens, I believe at 22 and five. Yeah. Um, that'd be, Lamont that'd be Paris, fun. Yeah, he also did well at Chattanooga. He got Chattanooga to the tournament and won a conference right. there, which that program sucks. Um, right. That's cool, I, I guess. But like, I was I was just I expressing Dusty my, May over right. Lamont. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like I like I personally like Lamont Paris over uh, over Dusty May. Um, but I, I think they're both like, I, I guess I would be fine with both of those. I just I don't really I I think that it's going to be Sean Miller. I, like that's just my my vibe. I just really think that. If you're going to fire, like the current administration really just wants somebody that is going to come in and they know that is going to win. Um, not, I'm not talking like win titles, but like get them out of the first weekend, low risk. It, it, like the floor is pretty high, I think, with Sean Miller. And I think that's kind of what they're looking for with this hire. I think his ceiling could be pretty high, too. But his floor is really high. Maybe these other guys have higher ceilings. They're like rising stars. You don't really know how good they're going to get, how good they're going to build like an elite program, whatever. Their ceiling's probably higher. Their floor is also considerably lower. And I don't think that the administration wants to fuck this up. I don't think that they want to be looking for a new head coach in like yeah. four years. At that point, you're at over a decade of mediocrity. I mean, you already yes. are. You're at like 15 years of mediocrity if you fuck this up. Yes. Which does like change the look of a program to to a lot of recruits and we're getting yeah. to the point where we're probably already there where there are basically no recruits who remember ohio state making a deep tournament run um where they were 10 when it happened right it's been a long time so yeah state probably like like legitimately the kids that are the, the fondest memory that kids committing to ohio state right now would have of ohio state is like d'angelo russell if that yeah yeah for sure. It's, it's like, been a long time. The op paying that game winner. Again, that's yeah. about it. But yeah. That's it. <laughs> Maybe they remember the Aaron, Aaron Craft tournament teams that were very lucky, uh, but I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's um, those that's kids a long were eight, time. nine, ten years old when that happened, which is crazy to say, but it's true. So, yeah, you got to nail this higher. I mean, Sean Miller, if they can get him, is great. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I'd also be very happy with Dusty May. 
I'd be pretty concerned about Lamont Paris in their names. We mentioned that list, especially any of the assistants. No, thank you for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think we're aligned there. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do. I'll be, uh, I, I think it's, I, I am excited to root for Ohio state basketball, like the, the coming days. Like I really hope they, I hope they make a run and end up in the tournament because I feel like it's so low stakes. I would have been outraged if Chris Holtman stayed and somehow ended up with, um, with, uh, and somehow ended up with the um, Chris Holtman, like talking points of like, oh, you know, like we got the team to the tournament. We we had a great close to yeah. the season. Like I would have been outraged yeah. if they ended up in the tournament now. But like, now that there's absolutely no shot that Jake Diebler is going to like they're, they're going to have a new regime at the end of the year anyway. Like, let's go out on a bang. Like, let's let's make a let's make a tournament. Right. Run here. Let's see what let's, happens. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's win some games down the stretch. Let's make a run in the Big Ten tournament. Let's make the Big Ten turn or let's make the NCAA tournament. Like, let's have some fun here. Like, I. I'm down with that, but, um, yeah, so, so let's do it. But, um, yeah. Uh, what do they have left on the schedule? I'm going to pull this up really quick. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. It is shockingly easy. Like that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think they fucked it a little hard with, by losing to Minnesota. That was a very winnable game too. Um, yeah, but it's, it, it's a I very mean, winnable Michigan, schedule. Michigan's down the terrible. They should win that game. You Nebraska, Nebraska is a home tomorrow. game. Is a home game. Yeah, they're good though. Nebraska's like a tournament team, right? Yes. Um, yeah, and so and then you've got yeah. Rutgers, who is you know, um, I mean, better than Ohio State this year, but still a very not by record, game too. but probably yeah. by quality. Yeah. yeah. So um, that, that that I mean, they realistically should. Ohio State has been good enough at home. Um, they they realistically could slash should beat Nebraska at home. They should beat Michigan at home, and. Rutgers is a decent I mean they they could easily very easily win that game so you win all three and then maybe win two three games in the Big Ten tournament like suddenly you're a bubble team yeah may, I mean probably not but maybe <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> like, I, I, if they I, can I, get up to like the nine seed in the tournament which requires jumping Rutgers Maryland Indiana um uh yeah I think games and I think you I think you make the semifinal I think you make the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament you're at least a bubble team I think you're a play-in team like I think you're you're in a you're in a play-in game but I think you're a little more friendly than you would expect when at that point because like you got it you got to factor this in Ohio State's been horrible in the Big Ten this year but like they have a decent record because of what they did like I mean, they're they're sixteen and twelve overall. Like this is a team that could easily be a twenty win team heading into the tournament. Like it's not that far off. Um, if if they like get a I don't know win three games, win a win tur- tournament game. Like yes, they are six and eleven in conference, which is not great. But like they they decidedly have a winning um, winning record overall. So I think it's yeah. just going to matter like how. They're evaluated. I think like two Q one wins and maybe one three, three. Q two win of the season. Three. I think three three yeah. Q one wins and one Q two. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about the bracketology to know what that means, but um <laughs> like what really it's fun to say. Amateur like Ohio State's been bad enough at basketball for so long. I haven't paid attention to this shit. Come on. The analytics revolution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a pre-analytics Ohio State basketball fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Which is sad because, like, I I really cared about Ohio State basketball for a long time. Like, I camped out on the sidewalk to be, like, front row from multiple yeah. Ohio State basketball games. Like, I froze my ass off. Like, I, I camped out to watch Ohio State play Marquette in, like, 2016, which was just a horrible game. Like, they were both unranked sure. teams. That was, like, that... It was Kraft's senior year with like Wenzel Smith Jr. where they it was just a, it was a bad team. Um, so like I you know I've 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 been in it and I was not like a, a casual fan, um, but it has just been brutal to watch them over the the next or the past few years. Yeah, to say the least. Sure. Um, but but before we hop over to premium, I think there is one more interesting thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to get your thoughts on on this. So it seems like Marvin Harrison Jr. is just taking this very bold approach of just not doing the combine or pro day. 
He's just, he's just yeah. not going to do them. Maybe he'll catch passes or something like that. Like I could see that, but like, he's just not going to do any of the workouts. He's not going to do drills. He's not going to do the 40. He's not going to do the bench press. He's not going to do anything like that. Um, sometimes like guys in the past have declined to do it at, um, at, you know, the combine and they've instead decided to do it at pro day. It seems like he is just deciding altogether that he's just, you know, going to punt on all of these and just rely on his game film and get drafted that way. What, what are your thoughts? I think it's not a bad situation. Like the testing doesn't matter at all for him, right? Like his yep. tape shows up when it needs to. Um, he's still going to be a top five pick no matter what. My only beef with this is him choosing to work out only with Mick Marotti and not with a real strength coach. Like yeah. if he were doing everything he's currently doing, like mostly focusing on football drills to improve just his on the field play and working out with someone who's not Mick, I would be perfectly okay with this. I do worry about him spending one more offseason he needs to with Mick. That seems like a bad idea. Um, but I think he's going to be very good, right? I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's well, the best wide receiver prospect in years, yeah. So I, I think I think this is I, – I, I get why it happened. But I think, like, the 40-yard dash and all of the, like, the, the three-cone drills, the shuttle times and stuff like that – I think those have jumped the shark. And I think this is Albert Breer was the of, of Sports Illustrated was the one who kind of reported all of this. And his whole thing is that Marvin Harrison Jr. is just focused on being as good as he can as a football player heading right. into the draft. And I think we have gotten to the point where it has jumped the shark at the combine where guys are just they're training for these drills to look good in these drills and not right. actually training to be like good at football whereas the the tr the drills were designed to evaluate how you were at a, like playing football like right, what the more context to your tape whenever we had less exactly exactly yeah, and yeah. so like now when we have like in a lot of ways with gps technology and stuff like that you know exactly how fast a guy is on the field so like why does it actually functionally matter how fast he can get out of a three point stance and run like a, a, a 40 yard dash as a track star. Like that, that doesn't actually matter. Like, you know how fast the guy has played like exactly to the mile per hour um, when he's right. actually on the field for the past three to five years. Like why, why do you need all of these measurables? And so I think it's, it's gotten to the point where like players are taking a ton of time after the, 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 you know, the end of the college football season, some guys are opting out to have an extra month to, you know, bump up these numbers in terms of just like the drills that they're doing when it's taking away from their like ability to just like prepare to play football. And so I do kind of yeah. like that approach. I think it works for specifically like we see this quarterbacks do this, but they don't like throw or test. And I think like, it makes sense if you're a no doubt about it, top 10 pick at a certain exactly. position, why bother? Right. Um, and I guess like not doing interviews is kind of weird, but to be, to be, no, to be clear, Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing interviews. Oh, is he? Yes. He is going to the combine and he is meeting with teams. Yes. I thought it's, I thought I read he wasn't. No, Breer explicitly yeah, okay. clarified in a tweet that, uh, he will be at the combine and meeting with teams. Yeah. And, and also the other benefit here is the number, the clear, to my, in my opinion, some people are trying to make it a three man competition for wide receiver one. I think it's a two-man competition. It's yeah. Malik Neighbors and Marv. Yep. And Neighbors is also not doing any of this. Yep. So that makes it even less of a problem. I will say one thing I want to push back on is there's an overreaction. I saw from like G. Scott, G. Scott Sr. and a couple other people, the idea of the combine, the combine altogether going away. No. That's, that's not going to happen. No. Because like for a player like Marv, who's a no doubt about a top five pick, no matter what he does, sort of like killing someone this offseason, um, He's locked in. There are plenty of other players who can stand to improve their, their uh, basically on their tape with good testing numbers. Generally, if you like a kid, you'll see the traits you're looking for show up on tape. But there are always combine freaks who were like, you know, maybe NFL teams think their college coaching staff was bad or they weren't used the right way. There are a lot of players who can improve their stock with the combine. This is a specific thing that only applies to the very best prospects in the class. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So I think basically no real issue. Um, I don't need to see how fast he runs. I know what he looks like on the field. Um, 
yeah, it's fine. It's fine, basically. It only could have hurt him. If he doesn't test and neighbors doesn't test, he's locked in as the number one receiver taken. That's yeah. pretty much the whole the whole question. Yeah. Speaking of, did you see those graphs being posted like widely shared around this week of the range of incomplete and complete passes in terms of distance from his body thrown by Kyle McCord? I heard the discourse about it. I'm not sure I actually saw the graphs. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. Like it it shows uh it they did it for neighbors and uh Harrison, where it shows basically like the players body mass on this graph and like measures it in height in terms of how high up the pass was how far across the passes were they weren't anywhere close no the distance he was being asked to haul in passes from including going behind him quite often were crazy um yeah some of the misses were wild too like the range of passes he had to catch in his catch radius were absurd and of course he's bigger than neighbors right he's a wider catch radius but it's still like it didn't it didn't make up for all the I, difference. I love I love like like accidentally Kyle McCord just made him like look like a complete freak of nature by just being bad. Like after because I, I, obviously he played Marvin Harrison Jr. had a chance to play with uh, CJ Stroud the previous year. So you had the, the tape of him playing with a good quarterback and he looked fucking awesome. And yeah. this year he's, he's doing all these insane catches like with balls that are nowhere close to his body. And, uh, um, yeah, 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 I guess, I guess McCord made him money in the, the unfortunate way too. So like, oh I, shit, if, 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 if he can, if he can, his football schedule. He, if he can make, make plays like this with this guy throwing to him, like any given NFL quarterback is going to be fine. That really was like pretty much it. Uh, let's see the Syracuse football schedule this year. Oh, it's, it's um, they're they're gonna it's gonna be hilarious because they're they're gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, honestly, they could lose to Georgia Tech though, and Ohio does bring back basically everybody. They're gonna beat Ohio, but I just I know I know that game. Yeah, the the Syracuse fans, which I was astounded to learn there are Syracuse fans, um, seem to think that they're like, like not a national title contender, but like they're like a ten win team based on the schedule that they have. Here's their schedule. They go Ohio, Georgia Tech at home, bye week, Stanford, Holy Cross at home, at UNLV, at NC State, bye week. That's the first six games. They'll lose to NC State. NC State is good. They could lose to Georgia Tech. So we're calling it four and a half wins in the first in the first six. Um, then they go, after that bye, the second bye week, they go at Pitt, home against Virginia Tech, at Boston College, at Cal, home against UConn, home against Miami. I mean, Virginia Tech's going to be pretty good. Um, call that a half loss as a home game. Um, Miami, they're going to lose to Miami. That's a that could be a nine and three team. Like they very easily could go nine and three. Yeah, just looking at their schedule. If you think they're good, which to be clear. I don't think yep. <laughs> that they're like, yep. I think a lot of people, and I've been a victim of this in the past myself in our preview stuff. When you look at a very easy schedule, like, oh shit, no one could go worse than like eight and four. Nine, you assume that that's just an average team or a, yes. above average. I don't know team. if, right. If a, a top 40 team with that schedule probably uh-huh. does go nine and three or eight and four. Uh-huh. Is Syracuse a top 40 team? I no. don't know. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think that's Kyle McCord quarterbacking them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is they think that Kyle McCord is going to like push them over the edge. And I think like, I, I, I know that them over a cliff. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I know that this is, this is typically a Ryan day hating podcast. I think Ryan day is going like, he's going to be on the right side of history with Kyle McCord in one pushing him out of the program and coming up with a different quarterback and two, what he was able to accomplish despite Kyle McCord, because we, yeah. I, I, I think we talked a lot about the, the splits between the first and second half between Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord didn't suddenly become a better quarterback at halftime. He had a chance to sit with his coach for 20 minutes and come up with a way to, you know, combat the, uh, whatever the defense was throwing into in the second half. And um, I mean, on some level, he did get more confident and stuff like that in the second half. But I think a lot of what Kyle McCord was able to accomplish was a product of coaching 
and the receivers around him, as we've seen with Marvin Harrison Jr.'s catch radius, and not really what he was personally doing. And I think that if you strip him of everything that Ryan Day was doing to make his job easier, as well as all of those receivers, I'm horrified of what's what it's going to look like next year. And I don't think that Syracuse is uh, Syracuse fans are living in that reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, do they have any other weapons? Is um, is Gaskin back? Um, I believe so, but I could be wrong. That's fine. I believe he's back. Uh, let's look it up. Yeah, he's coming back. Let's see if he goes through a full spring with Kyle McCord and decides to not transfer. Um, <laughs> Cause he is like their only weapon. They don't really have anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not very, let's look up who they got anyone at the transfer portal. Um, let's see here. Pull up a transfer portal now. Um, they landed Georgia's like 10th receiver. That's nice for them. Hmm. Uh, and Georgia's 11th receiver as well. Georgia typically has great receivers. I assume the ones deep down on the depth charter. Also great. I don't know why people would think they're good. Um, It's purely just the schedule. It's 100% the schedule. Yeah. I mean... They got this. They have an easy schedule, and they got Ohio State's former starting quarterback, and they think that they're solid. So that's that's all it is. There's there's no deeper. There's nothing deep about yeah, it. Yeah. There's there's no one. You you also got a fact. Gadsden is really good, but they also have a really bad O line. You also um, have to factor in that like the discourse is happening from Syracuse football fans. Yes. So like what, like with all due respect, what what do you think that they know about college football? Like or their right. team or you know like. They legitimately, they saw that they got Ohio State's former starting quarterback and thought like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Our schedule's really easy. That's the extent of of the the discourse here. Like, that's it. That seems right. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck to Marv on going to the top five. Um, Kevin, you and I are going to take over to the premium podcast. We are going to talk about our biggest questions for spring football. Uh, what you and I want to see in spring practice. We are also going to talk about some listener questions from the message board. Um, do you have anything else before you get over there? Nope. We will see you on the premium podcast. And if we don't, I don't like you. Yeah. And subscribe to me to midfield.com to listen, by the way.